before we start the episode, um, I would like to say that uh, the word death is coming up. I know I've mentioned this a couple times already, but um, I, I would like to hear what your thoughts are on the word death. I feel like for some of these words that are very, very big topics, um, me talking by myself or even with a guest, I don't feel like it does it justice. So I would like the opinions, the thoughts of the general public to send in, send in their thoughts to me. All of the information is in the show notes of how you can contact me, email, social media, Google Voice, all that stuff. So if you want to, uh, send, send me some stuff and uh, maybe I'll put it in the show. I, th- I would like to put it in the show. Make it good or just normal. Okay, on to the show. Hello, word nerds. Welcome to the dictionary. Go share and subscribe this podcast. First, we're going to talk about the words in this episode. The first one is daub. D-A-U-B. Daub or daub. You could say daub. First form, verb from the 14th century, starting with transitive. One, to cover or coat with soft adhesive manner. To cover or coat with soft adhesive manner. The synonym is plaster. So, I guess a plaster is a soft adhesive matter. So, if you're plastering something, you're daubing it. Yeah. Two, to coat with a dirty substance. What is this dirty substance? And why would you be coating a thing with something that's dirty? You're just going to have to clean it off. Hmm. That one is interesting. 3A, to apply coloring material crudely to. So you're not putting it on nicely in a very clean, organized, nice way. You're putting it just big clumps, maybe. Daub daub a piece here, daub a piece there. And then maybe later you're going to clean it up. Or maybe that's how you want it. There's a lot of paintings that have been just just big hunks of paint just here, and it still looks great. 3B, to apply as paint crudely. To apply to apply crudely, and paint could be a thing that you're applying crudely. We have intransitive definitions. Number one is archaic. To put on a false exterior. Mmm. To put, so it, could this be more of like a uh, a metaphorical false exterior to your personality. You're putting on a show. You're when you meet people. You're like, oh, I'm so happy, but really, you're just sad inside. Or is this literally a false exterior, a facade to a building? But it's archaic, so we don't use it this way anymore. Two, to apply colors crudely. Dauber is a noun. Do, do, do. I don't do no painting, so I can't talk about my personal experiences with this. But uh, yeah, you know, you're just painting some stuff. You just p- put some pieces there. Uh, okay, the sound effect will be, I think I said in my brain, something like... Daub is the second form. Noun from the 15th century. One. Material used to daub walls. And that would be the first one from the last word to cover or coat with soft adhesive manner or plaster. 
Uh, number two, an act or instance of daubing. You daub the daub. Three, something daubed on. And the synonym is smear. It's a smear of paint. It's also called a daub. Four, a crude picture. And, you know, crude in this context could mean different things. So that's not very helpful. But I think what they probably mean is uh, a picture that it was made. Um, maybe maybe it's a painting and it's got just all those big daubs of paint. So it's crudely made instead of cleanly made. The other definition could be that it's, you know, it's of naked people or something like that. That's crude. Some people would call that crude, I should say. But I don't think that's necessarily what they mean here. The next word is dobe, with a long O, dobe. It is spelled D-A-U-B-E, noun from 1723. A stew of braised meat, vegetables, herbs, and spices. And, you know, I think most stews are kind of like that. It's just a bunch of hunks of things in a broth, and it tastes good. Dobe. It says it's a French word. It doesn't say what it means. So maybe, I'm curious, maybe we should put a thing in the show notes that says what this word actually means in French. Maybe it just means stew. It, it's, it's stew. Dobe, stew. I'm just going to say it. Next. Is, is the word daughter. You, I think you probably know how to spell daughter. I'm not going to spell it. Daughter, or you could, some people say daughter. I mean, that, that seems more like a, uh, like a, a regional, uh, just the, just a regional accent. It sounds kind of Boston. Dada. Number, this is the first form. Noun from before the 12th century. 1A. A female offspring, especially of human parents. Yeah, you know, a lot of, a lot of animals you just call all the, all the offspring, you know, kittens or something like that. And they don't typically say son or daughter, but we do typically use that when we're talking about the human animals. 1B, a female adopted child is a daughter. Um, yes, they have to, I guess, designate the offspring that has come from the parents' loins or they have been adopted. Um, I guess... I guess a foster child, you couldn't say daughter because they're not technically your daughter unless you adopt them, and then they are. Uh, what's this third one? 1C. A human female descendant. A human? Isn't that the same as the first one? The descendant? There's something different. A human female descendant is a daughter. So are you saying like a granddaughter is still a daughter, a great-granddaughter is still a daughter, I mean, yeah, they are. Number two, something considered as a daughter. As in, the United States is a daughter of Great Britain. So, you know, that's because the people, uh, people came from all over the place, but originally, you know, the first people came from Great Britain, and then we said, we don't want to be part of your group your country anymore so we're going to become our own thing but we're started from your people so that's why the united states is considered a daughter of great britain 
And it doesn't say why they use the word daughter instead of son. Uh, I wonder if there's some, maybe, maybe we'll learn more about that, that reasoning in the next uh, few definitions, but that is interesting. Uh, let's see. Number three, an atomic species that is the product of the radioactive decay of a given element. Species, atomic species. So uh, when when the uh, the atoms are decaying in a radioactive way, what's left over, the next version of that, I guess, is called a daughter. Um, yeah, daughterless is an adjective. If, yeah, if, if, a, if a person, if an animal don't have no daughters, they are daughterless. Let's see. The etymology says this is from Old English dotor, D-O-H-T-O-R, akin to the Old High German totor, which means daughter, and also from the Greek thigatir, and I don't know what it means, but it probably means daughter. It's spelled D-H-Y-G-A-T-E-R, thigatir. Those are fun words. Uh, yeah, that is it for the first form of daughter. I'm trying to think if I have anything clever or interesting to say, but I don't know if I do. Oh, there's probably many songs that mention daughter. I am not a daughter. I don't have any daughters. I have the two cats, and those are feline daughters to a human. So technically, you can't really claim them as dependents or anything like that, but I say they're my, they're my kids. They're my daughters. Next is the second form of daughter, adjective from 1614. One, having the characteristics or relationship of a daughter. So you may not be literally the offspring or the adopted daughter, but if you have the relationship like a daughter or you have you share some of those characteristics, then you can be called a daughter. Two, belonging to the first generation of offspring, organelles, or molecules produced by reproduction, division, or replication, as in daughter cell, also as in daughter DNA molecules. So yeah, this is the one uh, kind of related to the atomic thing, but other stuff too. It's like anytime something just like splits off or makes a new version uh, what is it? Offspring, organelles, molecules using various types like reproduction, division, or replication. They are daughters. Now, it doesn't get into the whole country thing, how the United States is a daughter of Great Britain. But for some reason, and I feel like there must be a reason for this, but for whatever reason, the word daughter is the one that became the use in that situation and not son and i'm not saying it should be one way or the other i'm just i just think it's interesting uh that it went that way um yeah it's a daughter cell i've heard that i mean it's the example here so yeah i maybe i'll do a little uh, a little digging and see why they chose that word instead of the other one we got to move on daughter in law Three words with hyphens. A noun from the 14th century. It is the wife of one's son. 
and I gotta have I gotta say I gotta ha- I have a little issue with this one uh, because I think it should say I mean this can get much more complicated but at the very least it should say the wife of one's child instead of son because clearly we know that it could be two women married it could be non-binary you know there's lots so it doesn't need to say son here I hope that that has been changed in future things. And if not, we, we got we I'm gonna have to have some words with y'all. Daughter-in-law. Okay. Next is Donomycin. Donomycin. D-A-U-N-O-M-Y-C-I-N. Noun from 1963. The synonym is Donorubicin which is actually our next word. So sorry about that. Let's see, I'm trying to see the etymology. It's not terribly helpful. So we need to make a little sound that goes like this. So here's Donorubicin. Donorubicin? D-A-U-N-O-R-U-B-I-C-I-N. Noun from circa 1968. An antibiotic... C27H29NO10 that is nitrogenous glycoside and is used especially in the treatment of leukemia. Let's see. The etymology, it's grabbing different letters from different things. Yeah, it's too hard to, to uh, describe. So this one was 1968. Donomycin was 1963. So... It seems like they just, uh, they changed the name. They said, we want to, we want to change it up a little bit. Next word is daunt. Daunt or daunt. Daunt, 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 daunt. D-A-U-N-T. Transitive verb from the 14th century. To lessen the courage of. And the synonyms are cow and subdue. So, you're saying, no, no, chill, dude, become like a cow, just chill, and uh, and I, I, I'm daunting you. There's another synonym, it's the word dismay. It says, see dismay. I don't know what dismay is going to tell us there, but maybe they're related in the etymological sense. This is from the Latin, no, Anglo-French donter, which is from the Latin dometare, which means to tame, to tame. Uh, yeah, there's more of the word tame. So taming, chilling out, domesticating, domestic, yeah, dom- I see that, I see that. Okay, daunt, although I don't think I've heard daunt before. This one's new to me. Next is daunting. Now I've heard this. Is it related to daunt? Adjective from the 13th century. Tending to overwhelm or intimidate, as in a daunting task. Dauntingly is an adverb. There is no etymology, but yes, I have I have come across many daunting tasks. Oh, how am I going to get this done? That's a big job. And then you do it, and then you look back, and then you're like, how did I even do that? I, have, I just did it. You just do it step by step, and it be- doesn't become so daunting. Break it down into little pieces. 
But how, if at all, is this related to Daunt? Maybe, ooh, this is interesting. Maybe you're, you've got a big, a big task and you daunt it. You tame the task. You figure out how to make it not so daunting. It is daunting. Hmm. There's something there. Yeah. Dauntingly is an adverb. I don't know if I said that. Next is dauntless. Adjective from 1588. The synonyms are fearless and undaunted. Undaunted, as in a dauntless hero. Now, I have not heard this word before, so if I saw a dauntless hero, first of all, I would say, mm, I'm going to have to go to the dictionary to see what that word means, uh, because it doesn't sound, just just from the word itself, if you don't know what it is, it doesn't sound like you can, you know, it's, it sounds kind of like the opposite, dauntless, but, uh, but it means fearless and undaunted. You are un, you cannot be tamed, you cannot be cowed or subdued you have the courage mm, that's another thing daunting you ha it takes courage to take the daunting task yeah okay dauntlessly is an adverb and dauntlessness is a noun next is dauphin 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 or dauphin dauphin d-a-u P-H-I-N, noun from the 15th century. The eldest son of a king of France is a dauphin. I feel like that's the most appropriate French way to say it. Yeah, this is from Old French, dauphin. There's an L in there. That is title of lords of the Dauphiné, something like that. And it's from dauphin, which was a surname. That's a last name. So who was the one? And then it became just the word that they use all the time. Next, looks like it might be related. It is Dauphine. Dauphine. So all we did was we added an E at the end. So it went from Dauphin to Dauphine. Noun from 1824. The wife of the Dauphin is the Dauphine. So what, I'm curious now, what is the eldest daughter called of a king of France? Do they even get a name? Or is it because of the patriarchal society that we live in that they don't get a name? Hmm, not sure. Okay, we gotta move on to the next one. D-A-V, all caps, abbreviation for Disabled American Veterans. And I, I I don't, I'm not familiar with this, but what I would guess is that uh, either Disabled American Veterans could possibly be called DAV, maybe in forms that they have to fill out of some kind, or it is an organization called Disabled American Veterans, and then hopefully they help veterans who are American and disabled. Next word is Davin or Dovin. And there actually comes two spellings with this one. D-A-V-E-N or D-O-V-E-N. Davin 
doven, give or take. This is an intransitive verb from circa 1930. To recite the prescribed prayers in a Jewish liturgy. So you're doing this act of, of reading the prayers. This is from the Yiddish word davnen, D-A-V-N-E-N. This is not a word that I would think would be here in this book, but it is really, really great that it is because uh, it's um, it's it's a it's a cultural thing. You know, not everybody is Jewish, and so they don't know about these things. And then you can learn. Next is Davenport. Davenport, Davenport. Huh, looks like some people say Davenport with an M sound instead of an N, even though there's very clearly an N in the word. Interesting. Davenport, noun from 1853. One, a small, compact writing desk. Two, a large, upholstered sofa, often convertible into a bed. And, uh... The etymology, it just says it is probably from the name Davenport. Oh, see, I think I did it. Davenport. I think I did the M sound. And, <laughs> wow. Okay. But, uh, but it doesn't give any more information. Was the small compact writing desk, was it made by a company named Davenport? Or same with the sofa. Did, was it a company called Davenport? Maybe the same company made both of them. It's a little bit complicated if you call both of these things a Davenport, unless you're saying a Davenport sofa or a Davenport desk. Huh. But yeah, sometimes I guess you'll hear people say Davenport, and they could be talking about a desk or a sofa that converts into a bed. Next is David. The name David with a capital D, noun from before the 12th century. One, a Hebrew shepherd who became the second king of Israel in succession to Saul, according to biblical accounts. According to the people who wrote the Bible and then changed it and changed it and changed it, uh, David was the second king of Israel. Two, it is the number one definition for the word underdog. And so we will have to wait a very long time to get to that to figure out why is David... Oh, well, it's because David and Goliath, probably. David was definitely the underdog in that situation. Davidic, or Davidic, that is an adjective. Like, something maybe in an underdog way would be Davidic. This is from the Hebrew word. I would assume it's also pronounced David or close to that. It is spelled D-A-W-I-D-H. And there are horizontal lines over the A and the I. There is one more word for this episode. It is David or David. David, David. D-A-V-I-T. Noun from the 15th century. A crane that projects over the side of a ship or a hatchway and is used especially for boats, anchors, or cargo. The David. This is from Middle French, Daviette, 
which is a joiner's cramp, diminutive of David, which is a cramp, probably from the name David. So back in the day, many, many hundreds of years ago, uh, huh, what happened? So the name David, the crane that's on the boat was named David. Maybe there was a guy named David and they named it after him. I don't think we'll ever know the answer to that, but I do think that is interesting. And then it just became David with a T. So the words that we had in this episode were daub, daub, those are okay words, dobe, daughter, daughter-in-law, donomycin, donorubicin, daunt, daunting, dauntless, dauphin, dauphin, d-a-v, davin, davenport, david, and david. I'm thinking about maybe picking daughter just because that's a big, big topic. It's just half half of the population is a daughter. I mean, that's just that. But is there anything else that's more, hmm, there's something, I mean, daunt, daunting, I don't know, maybe not that. Uh, Let's, yeah, let's pick daughter as the word of the episode. Many people in the world are daughters. And the rest of them are sons. I think that's a good, good short song. We're not here for the songs. We're here for the information. Okay, I think that is a good place to end. And uh, yeah, I hope you're all doing well. As a... No, I'm not going to do that because that's stealing somebody else's line. I was going to say be excellent to each other. Brett Goldstein says that at the end of Films to be Buried With. It's a very good uh, phrase to live by. But what I say at the end of these episodes is, this has been Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye.